Understanding the Fate of DNA Nanostructures Inside the Cell An article by Christopher Green, Divita Mathur and Igor Medinitz from Center for Biomolecular Science and Engineering, Washington, USA Journal of Materials, Chemistry B, 2020 Structure DNA nanotechnology is poised to transform targeted therapeutic and theranostic delivery agents. Some of the most promising biochemical applications of DNA nanostructures include carriers for biosensing, imaging and drug delivery. Additionally, the unique ability to precisely position inorganic and organic molecules on DNA-based substrates enables the specially optimized high-density interfacing of ligands with cell membrane receptors to realize clinically viable biomedical products made from DNA nanostructures, it is necessary to fully understand the behavior of these systems inside and outside the cell environment. To that end, cohesive and conclusive information on the physiological fate of DNA nanostructures at various time points from the cell culture to the cell cytosol, is still lacking. In this highlight, we bring to attention efforts to understand the nanostructure behavior in vitro, as well as some widespread disparities among studies on the subject. We also call for a discussion on the implementation of common standards and controls to address these disparities and consequently unify the scientific communities in the viewers to build foundational knowledge on the nanostructure cellular interaction. Introduction The oxyribonucleic acid DNA is generally appreciated as the molecule that encodes the genetic blueprint However, the highly specific and non-covalent nature of DNA-DNA interactions through Watson Creek-based pairing in combination with the predictable geometry of the DNA double helix provides a system that is optimized for molecular self-assembly. Following the inception of structured DNA nanotechnology in the 1990s, researchers have leveraged synthetic DNA to construct nanostructures with near limitless size and complexity through methods such as tiles and origami. Today, advancements in the field have revolutionized our ability to precisely engineer nanostructures from the bottom up with a vast majority of chemical modifications and functionality. This has generated significant interest within the biomedical community for use in applications such as targeted delivery of drugs, proteins, genes, nanoparticles, biological sensors and probes, as well as vaccine assembly and delivery, responsive diagnostic materials and theranostics, particularly due to the ability to precisely position biomolecules and nanoparticles on the surface of DNA nanostructures. In addition, the predictable structure and properties of DNA nanostructures provide a pathway to elucidate the complex nature of cellular uptake, the implications of which broadly span the biomedical community. To realize successful adoption of DNA nanostructures for the biomedical applications stated above, there are many factors that must be addressed. 
For example, we can list several factors which are suspected to play a role in the successful delivery and function of a payload in cells by DNA nanostructures. DNA nanostructure design, size, shape, sequence, chemistry, position of payload, function groups, dyes, etc. Link attachment chemistry for DNA payload conjugation, nanostructure stability in the cellular environment, blood of serum, ionic conditions, presence of nucleases, desired uptake pathway and means of targeted uptake, DNA nanostructure design, inclusion of receptor targeting species through design receptor ligand interactions, targeting uptimers, etc. Intracellular pathway, release of payload and fate in the cell. Immunogenicity of components entering the cell. Additionally, we must consider methods with which to observe, characterize nanostructures in the cell environment and measure the outcome of cell uptake. Living organisms and cells present challenging environments for detailed and systematic studies, but the precise nanomaterials synthesis enabled by DNA nanotechnology makes such challenges slightly more soluble. Towards the goals outlined above in the previous decade, the role of synthetic DNA nanostructures as potential vehicles for targeted diagnostic and drug delivery systems has been explored in vitro and in vivo probing their stability in various biologically relevant environments such as fetal bovine and urine seria, blood and cellulizates, has shown that DNA nanostructures demonstrate a level of biocompatibility that simple linear DNA strands do not possess, thereby suggesting that physical properties like size and shape of DNA nanostructure likely impart the biocompatibility in some manner. Numerous studies have tested more than one kind of DNA nanostructure against different mammalian cell lines to understand their behavior along the putative endocytic trafficking pathway and have observed differing and often even contradictory results. Collectively, the field is still unable to offer fundamental knowledge about how to leverage or predictably control one of the most interesting properties of synthetic DNA nanostructures to its building therapeutic carriers, tunability. The versatility of DNA for constructing nanostructures with diverse shapes and size has resulted in a broad suite of potentially applicable biomedical tools though such diversity has also made it challenging to compare the findings of individual investigations and deduce overreaching rules that govern the interaction of DNA nanostructures with the cell. Moreover, the mammalian cell is inherently a messy wood that has not been amenable to a deterministic and engineering ethos, such as they found in the DNA nanotechnology community and little attention has been given to consistency in the cellular environment between experiments which among other factors influences a cellular outcome. 
With the advent and application of DNA nanotechnology in biomedical applications, such a mindset might benefit the systematic studies needed to elucidate cell uptake of DNA-based nanomaterials. Notwithstanding the gaps in knowledge, we now know that DNA nanostructures have some interesting properties in certain environments. A wide range of DNA nanostructures, varying in size, complexity and surface functionalization, have been demonstrated to undergo receptor-mediated endocytosis as a definitive example. Figure 1 shows cell uptake of a DNA origami rod decorated with the gold nanoparticles into H1229 non-small lung cancer cells by scavenger receptor-mediated endocytosis. Transmission electron microscopy TEM shows the various stages of internization from binding to the cell membrane to the final isosomal degradation. In particular, it is widely agreed that modifications with cell-specific ligands on the surface of DNA nanostructures enable recognition by cellular membrane receptors and induce nanostructure uptake. The unique addressability of DNA nanostructures further enables high-density and spatially precise immobilization of epitopes on their surface consequently facilitating interaction with membrane receptors for enhanced targeting capabilities and vaccine development. DNA nanostructures have also been shown to be preferentially internalized by tumors in vivo compared to other organs, thereby functioning as useful delivery agents. In this highlight, we take a cautious but optimistic look at the recent progress in identifying the cellular fate of DNA nanostructures, we highlight exemplary results and challenges in a sequence illustrative of the putative voyage of a viable molecular carrier for in vitro and in vivo biomedical applications. Along this path, the DNA nanostructure-based carrier would be expected to demonstrate stability against serum cell culture media nucleases in and outside the cell, endosomal vesicles, lysosomes, and the cytosolic environment. For successful clinical products, additional barriers could pose a threat to DNA's nanostructure stability, namely the stomach, blood serum, multicellular tissues, and individual cells. We endeavor to highlight the key disparities and questions that require careful attention within the field in hopes of accelerating progress towards a cohesive and conclusive understanding of the interactions between DNA nanostructures, cells, and the cellular environment, as such understanding is foundational and needed before future clinical applications of DNA nanostructures are realized. Lastly, we suggest specific experimental standards and studies to help leverage the deterministic nature of DNA nanoengineering in the cellular environment, facilitating a systematic approach to research in this field, as well as fruitful translation of information from DNA nanoengineering to cell biology.
Lessons learned and disparities in cellular behavior. Stability in serum. The long-term structure integrity of DNA nanostructures within the cellular environment is essential for structures to be able to reach their intended targets and function properly. Compact DNA nanostructures have been widely demonstrated to possess enhanced stability against degradation by nucleases in comparison to linear single-stranded and double-stranded DNA. Through large discrepancies have been reported for the stability of DNA nanostructures in 10% fetal bovine serum FPS, a common ingredient of cell growth media and blood surrogate for in vitro studies of cells that is often used to assess the resistance of nanostructures to nuclease degradation. In the literature, stability of DNA nanostructures in FPS can vary from 1 hour to greater than 48 hours depending on the physical properties and chemical modification, though stability also varies significantly between studies for equivalent structures. For example, the stability of an unmodified DNA tetradon in serum is reported to be between 4 and 25 hours. Such variability might be attributed to the age quality of FPS. The nuclease activity is strongly correlated with the shelf life of the serum and is an often uncounted factor in studies of DNA nanostructure uptake. While the serum stability of unmodified DNA nanostructures varies significantly between studies, chemical modifications such as enzymatic ligation of NICs within DNA nanostructures and modified sugar backbones have been consistently demonstrated to increase protection against nuclease degradation. Kim and others evaluated a library of nucleic acid nanostructures and found the nanostructures with chemically modified sugar backbones had a high resistance to nuclease degradation and significantly increased cell uptake in HAL cells relative to the equivalent unmodified DNA nanostructures. Stability in serum was observed to increase from 1 hour for unmodified DNA nanostructures to greater than 24 hours for structures with modified sugar backbones. Raniolo and others compared the serum stability of unmodified and ligated forms of a DNA tetrahedron, octahedron and chain-mail-like road structure and observed that ligated DNA nanostructures maintained their structure in serum for nearly twice as long as unmodified structures. The effects of size and shape of nanostructure stability in serum are less apparent due to variability between studies and the coarse-grained nature of stability experiments. Uptake mechanisms and pathway through the cell Entry of naked, single-strand and double-strand oligonucleotides into cells does not really occur without transfection agents. Therefore, endocytosis of DNA nanostructures into cells has been considered a paradigm-shifting observation in advancing their potential applications in biomedicine. Recent studies, however, have produced contradictory results on uptake, endocytic pathways and intracellular fate of DNA nanostructures.
it is still uncertain whether bare DNA nanostructures can be efficiently internalized by any mechanisms of endocytosis. DNA nanostructures such as the tetrahedron, small wireframe cube and prism, and larger DNA origami and brick structures have been reported to internalize by clathrin and or cavolin-dependent endocytosis. In most cases, the mechanism of tracking the movement of the DNA structures into and through the cell is suspected as a major source contributing to the uncertainty. Visualization of the uptake and progression of DNA structures across the cell membrane and into the cell is generally through a fluorescent dye attached to the structures, commonly cyanine 3 or cyanine 5 a method that is compatible with live cell imaging. Another method employs biotin streptavidine binding to label biotin-related nanostructures with fluorescently tagged streptavidine after uptake experiments have been halted by cell fixation. Following incubation of biotin-related DNA structures with cells, samples are rinsed to remove unbound DNA structures and serum fixed with paraformaldehyde and permalized for internization of streptavidine labeled fluorescein isothiocyanate for fluorescent reporting of internalized DNA nanostructures. Both approaches to characterize DNA nanostructure uptake by cells, however, leave room for uncounted cell behaviors to influence the outcome. Phosphate analogues CY3 and CY5 have been shown to be directly endocytoted by HEPG2 and HeLa cells. This is an interesting observation as it sheds a cautionary light on the use of cyanine dyes in general as a means to track DNA nanostructures inside cells. A byproduct of the gradation of nanostructures labeled with these dyes would be their phosphate analogues, which are readily taken up by cells and may produce a false positive signal of DNA nanostructure uptake. In the case of post-fixation labeling with streptavidin FITSA, both fixation and permeabilization can introduce spatial and compositional changes to cells and may affect the distribution of nanostructures within cells. Overall detailed analytical techniques and parametric microscopic studies with adequate controls need to be adopted for a clear understanding of the endocytic behavior of DNA nanostructures. Cell-specific activity of DNA nanostructures has also been shown with the contradictory results with respect to endocytosis with examples of no uptake as well as enhanced uptake in comparison to linear DNA oligonucleotides. For instance, in the case of small wireframe DNA nanostructures, HeLa cells in one report show little to no uptake when controlling for the uptake of free dyes, whereas other groups have observed favorable internization in an effort to highlight these issues a representative cross-section of several studies of DNA nanostructure uptake in cell cells. 
because salt transfected with the oxidized low-density lipoprotein receptor LOX1 and HeLa cells are summarized in Table 1, where reports of uptake are inconsistent. Internization by receptor-mediated endocytosis is commonly reported among studies which have observed favorable uptake. Standardized experimental methods and controls. The complexity of the cell environment, coupled with the vast design library of DNA nanostructures, introduces many uncertainties that can affect the outcome of otherwise well-designed experiments, producing potentially confusing results that hinder progress towards a unified understanding of the topic. We suggest the development of standardized controls and methods to ensure that the factors affecting uptake be isolated from experimental variations. The following sections briefly outline overreaching ideas of unifying in vitro research undertaken on stability and uptake of DNA nanostructures. Standardized DNA nanostructures for control studies. Novel DNA designs and structures are often employed in cellular uptake studies. Many unique nanostructures have been developed and tested in vitro and vivo, though it is difficult to compare the results of individual studies due to variations in experimental conditions beyond nanostructure design alone. The DNA tetrahedron has been employed as a control structure in several studies, though often the design is intended to control only for shape and size, foregoing consistency in sequence, chemistry and or functionalization factors which are suspected to affect stability and uptake. To ensure the observed cellular uptake results from the properties of the nanostructure rather than variations in the experimental procedures. Control experiments with a set of standardized DNA nanostructures would be facilitative in collectively reviewing different studies. These standard sets of DNA nanostructure designs could account for consistent size, sequence functionalization and procedures for synthesis and handling of thus better serve to align the results of future experiments on general structures within cellular environments. Taking into account the available suite of DNA structures, the tetrahedron, a two-dimensional DNA origami structure, a three-dimensional DNA origami structure, and a wireframe DNA polyhedron provide a sufficient diversity in size and shape variability to approach this issue. Reporter systems and uptake of free dyes. As reported recently, nuclease digestion of dye-labeled DNA nanostructures may result in the release of free dyes into solution, which could potentially be taken up into cells and falsely signal nanostructure uptake. Lacroix and others observed that certain fluorescent diphosphate analogues displayed similar uptake efficacy by mammalian cells as dye-conjugated DNA nanostructures, suggesting that DNA nanostructures degrade due to extracellular nucleases and release diphosphate molecules which undergo endocytosis. 
stabilizing the DI DNA nanostructure by increasing resistance to nuclease degradation with hexaethylene glycol protection groups on the 3' and 5' ends of oligomers further delayed the fluorescent signal inside the cell, suggesting the endocytosis of bad DNA nanostructures without any transfection agent does not really occur. Moreover, the simultaneous introduction of cyanine-3-phosphate and cyanine-5-phosphate molecules to mammalian cells resulted in strong colocalization within the cells and displayed similar first resonance energy transfer threat activity as when the dyes are conjugated in close proximity on the DNA nonstructures. Several studies have employed threat to differentiate free dyes from dyes immobilized on our structures, relying on the finely tuned spatial proximity of raw force on our structures to signal uptake and structure integrity within cells. Why this was previously assumed to strongly reduce the possibility of signal falsely originated from free dyes and results of Lacroix and others? demonstrate the free cyanin-3 and cyanin-5 dyes taken up into healer cells produce strong threat signals in live cell images despite a lack of fixed spatial proximity afforded by DNA structures. It is worth noting that fixation was found to greatly reduce the concentration of intracellular free dyes relative to single-strand DNA labeled dyes potentially contributing to the discrepancies reported between studies. Few studies have controlled for the uptake of free force into cells and reports on the endocytosis of diconjugated linear oligos are also uncertain. Whether observed threat is solely attributable to free dye uptake remains unclear. Until free dye uptake is better understood, we recommend the inclusion of experiments to control for this possibility, regardless of the reporter system employed. Additionally, dyes which have been demonstrated to readily undergo uptake, such as phosphorylated cyanine and rhodamine dyes, may be better substituted by other dye chemistries. This issue warrants focused studies in its own right to determine optimized dyes. Activity of hydrolytic enzymes in solution. The stability of DNA nanostructures is expected to vary with the enzymatic activity of serum and type of serum used in stability experiments, such as variability exhibits the challenge of differentiating the effects of nanostructure, size and design on resistance to nuclease degradation. Varying activities of nucleases in serum might also play a role in the discrepant accounts of nanostructure uptake in cells, which has been observed occurring at time scales closely correlated to nanostructure stability in serum. For example, independent studies using identical design and preparation of a ligated DNA octahedron for uptake of cross 
and LOX1 transfected cross cells reported serum stabilities of 5 and 27 hours with no uptake and slight uptake in non-transfected core cells, respectively. As a point of reference between studies, stability reported as relative to a standardized DNA nanostructure in addition to total lifetimes would provide some indication of serum activity and whether it contributes to the wide behaviors reported in similar systems. In any case, the use of freshly prepared serum is a best practice that can help to minimize variations in the extracellular environments between and within studies. Culturing, transfection, and permeabilization. Fibroblastic and epithelial like cells, commonly used in uptake studies, are encouraged dependent cells that require adhesion to a substrate for culturing. Trypsin, a proteolytic enzyme often used to release cells from cell culture plates, can potentially lie cells with excessive and prolonged exposure and has been shown to induce changes in the expression of proteins in cell membranes. Such changes are expected to affect cell uptake, though studies of nanostructure uptake rarely report the methods and conditions for plating and release. While many studies employ standardized methods for this process and choose instead a reference the work from which the methods were adopted, it is nonetheless important to report the conditions under which such plating and release are performed so that consistency can be assured externally. Likewise, transfection and permeabilization are common techniques used in cell studies that are often inadequately reported in nanostructure uptake studies. To observe the effects of a specific receptor on cell uptake, cells are often transfected to express additional receptors on the cell membrane. For example, cross-cell lines have been selectively transfected with LOX1 for comparison to non-transfected cross-cells in DNA nanostructure uptake. While transfection is ubiquitous in cancer cell uptake studies as a means of expressing specific receptors that occur on cancer cell membranes for DNA nanostructures, the process of transfecting cells may introduce uncertainties that offset the benefits of DNA nanostructures in highly systematic studies of cell uptake. In addition, studies of transfected cells often require repeated plating, permeabilization and release prior to incubation with nanostructures, increasing the potential for variation in nanostructure uptake between identical cell lines. Nonetheless, the benefits of transfected cells in receptor target studies outweighed the risks introduced by the process of transfection and we only suggest that special care be taken in such studies to ensure that such benefits are retained through systematic reporting and use of common procedures. Chemical fixation Prior to characterization, chemical fixation is sometimes performed to halt cell decay and preserve the structure of cells for imaging. Cross-linking fixatives such as 
formaldehydes and precipitating fixatives, such as methanol, are commonly employed under the assumption that fixation does not dramatically alter the disruption of intracellular fluorescent species, despite much work suggesting the contrary. Lacroix and others compared confocal images of live cells to cells fixed with formaldehyde and methanol and found that the distribution of fluorescent species was altered by the process of fixation. Fixation by formaldehyde was observed to remove free dyes from the mitochondria while retaining signal in endosomes lysosomes. Fred signals from the free dyes was also greatly reduced by fixation. In the case of methanol, fixation removed all fluorescent signal for free dyes but only resulted in precipitation of dye-conjugated single-strand DNA onto the cell membrane. Beyond the results of Lacroix and others, little work has been done to quantify the effects of fixation on intracellular fluorescent species. Thus, fixation stands as another potential contribution to discrepant results in the literature. Conclusions Synthetic DNA nanotechnology holds great promise in applications in biomedicine. The advancement from experiments in a test tube to clinical trials, however, requires a deeper knowledge about the fate of DNA nanostructures inside the cell environment. To summarize, the behavior of DNA nanostructures during cell internalization and endocytosis remains elusive, and the problem is compounded by equivocal reports on the stability of these structures in extracellular environments. It is difficult to galvanize the scientific community to unify around a common set of controls, cell types, and standards of biological samples in order to pursue the collective goal of answering these fundamental questions. The appropriate characterization tools to prove their behavior in a compelling manner are also lacking. A careful look of the state of metrology in the field is therefore also necessary. The most commonly used tools for characterizing and purifying DNA nanostructures still do not fully separate or confirm 100% well-formed structures from those that are partially formed. This is a major issue since the US Food and Drug Administration approval process typically requires completely defined active structures. There is a need for metrology that helps characterize DNA structures inside the cells such as recovering cell lysates with intact DNA structures to determine their presence in different cell fractions, electron tomography to track DNA structure intracellularly, and use of multi-step FRET to track DNA structure stability inside cells using dyes that have known uptake properties. Additionally, more studies are needed to provide a robust data set for analysis by machine learning. Problems in DNA nanotech metrology and formulation are emblematic as other nanoparticle studies in healthcare are likely to struggle with the same issue in biomedical applications. The Nanotechnology Characterization Lab at the National Cancer Institute is emerging as a valuable resource 
to leverage strong collaboration between various governmental branches, such as the FDA and the NCI, as well as academic laboratories for performing preclinical efficacy and toxicity studies on nanoparticles. The NCL-NCI focuses on assisting the transition of biomedical nanosystems from the lab to clinical phases by guiding in the development of strong and rigorous characterization tools, optimization of delivery formulas, and method developments. DNA nanotechnology needs a vital resource, such as the NCL-NCI, to make bond advances in a unified approach to interfacing with the human body, towards which the NCL-NCI has already engage efforts. Thank you for listening.